Hi, and welcome to the moment <laughs> with me, Jermaine Calando. Yes, hi to they, thems, hi to he, they, hi to she, they, hi to everyone in between, how, how, if you identify, if you identify as anything. <laughs> this is the moments with me, Jermaine Calando. It's been a very interesting week. Um... I have been on my nostalgia for a while, and I'll tell you why. There's a nostalgia moment, I think, in everyone's day now. Um, I don't always tell people my theory of life. I feel as though you have a child with innocence within you. You have a elder with innocent, with like wisdom and mm, discernment with you, and then it's you just living your life. However you identify, you are what you are. You are how you are. You are what you are, in my book. I don't know how anyone identify. I am a member of the LGBT+. I am a gay man. I am <laughs> I am a black man. And I am a fluffy. That means I'm a fat man. So that's how I naturally put myself in the world as a person. Identification, identifying yourself is a big deal for some people. So that's why my intro stays my intro. And I love my intro. It is not the intro I do for stand-up. Which means the world that I am putting both of these worlds differently. Excuse me. I think of having like the retrospect of the past. And looking at shows and looking at movies of the past. Part of your makeup. And... It's like that child with innocence watched a movie and they saw explosions. They saw fireworks. They saw the first time they saw some, you know, they saw, you know, skin. The first time they saw themselves as a character. They, you get drawn in. One of the biggest one for me was Power Rangers. I really, really loved all the Power Rangers. I mean, I know people are like, oh, who did you see? I had the Blue Ranger. Um, my cousin and my cousins and us. <laughs> my older brother name is Kenny, so he was always a leader because he's the oldest. My, I have an older cousin named Monica, but she's way too old. So we always had Kenny, and then we had Kiki. Her name is Kishara. Most people know her as Ashley, and she was the Pink Ranger. <laughs> then it was Deshaun. He's my older cousin by like almost a month, and he got to be the Black Ranger. And then it was me, and I got the Blue Ranger, and then my youngest cousin um, of that moment, of that time frame, that hang out with us and played every time, was the was the Yellow Ranger, and that her name is Tiara. <laughs> That's the Warrens, and I'm a Calando, and my brother's a Martin. If you do too many dis- discovery, yeah, they're brothers, but also different last names. It's a thing. And nostalgia is a a thing that we have, I think it's a drug that we as um, adults take from time to time, like memory lanes that you have where it comes to people. Some people have like a lot of the, almost all of your books. You know, every now and then you go through that thing. There are a lot of people that scrapbook. And the biggest one is still like reboots. So like the reboot was, I think, Fuller House from Full House. Is I think the one that one of the most successful ones. 
and now they have like Raven's Home. So Raven Home, if you don't know, that's a Raven. I talked about this in the last episode. We didn't discuss it a lot in depth with um, Pamela Zamata the last episode. Go watch, go listen, please. And <laughs> she's the moment. I'm serious. She's quite intelligent, quite little, um, quite a quite a good time. Anytime you hear her, like she's in your town, go please watch. So nostalgia is a very. I feel like it's a drug, and I feel like it's an energy that the child within you like says, "Oh my God, remember that we love this," and the old man and within you says, mm, "Good times," and you yourself have that like easy like cell within you, and you just say, "Wow, look at us," and that's one of the like one of my main shows growing up in the two thousands. This is the era of the two thousands. I was at least 13 when That's a Raven came. Yeah, at least 12 to 13 when That's a Raven came on to probably 16 to 17 when it went off. And I didn't know all the things of the past with That's a Raven. I even though she was the first one of her kind to have that type of show. But I was a big Disney kid for a while. And I don't know, my dad could afford. <laughs> he always could afford things, but we were, I think Disney became free. For everyone at a certain age, because it was premium channels. So if you had a Disney Channel, it was a lot of premium, and then they had a lot of inclusion in the, especially in the early two thousands. They had they made people feel seen, and that's the was a black girl that had second powers, and now they have Raven's home. But Raven has two kids; they're twins. One has psycho um not psycho psychic powers, and the other one doesn't. So that was how they reinduced with the with the reboot, and it's not so much the reboot; it's the same show, but it's really different how they like conducted. You understand it because it's a sitcom, and you love it because of it. Also, sitcom they have hijinks, and they teach you a lot about like you know story A, story B. They give you a good start, good middle, good end, and that's pretty much what most sitcoms have good laugh tracks good audience like if it's a live audience it's better you know most of it multi-cameras and just people literally having fun power rangers is one of those um this weekend someone had um unalive themselves and that's my best way of saying, stating these things. And for a lot of people who are posting about it, and I am one of those people that do not post these things, and I don't really allow myself to post those things. And the reason I say this is because for my presence to be known for myself, I do improv and I do stand-up. And I am a person that... I want you to know my life, and at this moment, at this moment, I'm a very media trained person. When you talk about death, people now associate your profile as now someone that has information. So now I'm gonna go back to your profile. You like they got the information, got the information, information, but they don't think of you no more as fun. So like going back to my first analogy. The little boy within now knows you. It's like, oh, yeah, the unfun guy. 
Then an old man with you was like, hmm, that man understands the servant and is trying to tell the world of his past and his presence with whom that has died. And you now understand that I'm the person that you should go to for every time someone dies. Death happens every second of the day. Death happens every day. Happens every week. Happens every month. And I mean, I went all the way to the little one. To always the biggest one. So, there are people in my life that have passed. That are major to me. And then there are famous people that have passed. That were major to me. And gave me so much... Eventually, all when they died, I really cried. There's some people I will not cry for, and there's some people deaths that do take a toll from someone. Like I really didn't. Um, the week or two before the the voice for the voiceover for Batman, he died and he had passed away. He just has passed away. He also was older. He was in his eighties. So, for me personally, as a person that is in their early 30s, someone that dies in their 60s or 70s or 80s, they've done a good job. He is a part of culture. He did so much acting. He did so much voice acting. For the goals that I want in my life, he's very important. I'm just giving you all this up front. But I didn't post about him. Now, Saying I watched the show still, like I, I did sense some nostalgia because I went to watch the Batman the animated series afterwards just to understand how my friends were feeling. One of my dear friends really, really loved him, and I understood how he felt in the words. And as I understood how he felt in the words, and also I understood that that was part of his like makeup as a person and his creativity, so I was like. You know what? Let me go watch. And then I watched it. And as a sense of nostalgia, it was really good. And also, I realized I was watching this show nonstop as a child at two to six years old. I watched a very adult show. (laughs) We're the same age. And he watched a very adult show at a young age. And it's not so much that the show's adult and they don't shy away from any like things like um having ooh Batman. You know, because like Bruce Wayne is a millionaire. He's a well billionaire. He's a multimillionaire man that is handsome, very fit, and women love him. They throw his stuff at him. And also like it's it's just a good series. It's a great series. It is a feminal it's like a film noir mixed into, like, its own era of, like, mystery. So, like, I implore people to watch these things. I know cartoons are always something that people think about when it comes to shows, but it is its own show. It's a series. It is a comic book series, which the thing, too. I have felt nostalgia as well when it came to, like, people that have passed. You don't always see nostalgia when people pass, because you don't, you don't. People are like, I went down memory lane! And memory lane is nostalgia. It's just <laughs> a cuter version of it. And one of the show, one of the first movies I watched, all of the Marvel movies, was um, Black Panther. I watched the first time with it with my family. Yes, <laughs> it was the first weekend it played, and everyone had to dress up. My mom dressed up. I did not. I was like, I, I mean, you look at it. I gotta go to work that day. So my mom also. Hold on. I'm back. 
Um, we had a little technical difficulties. Um, I heard something. I have to listen back to it. And it is hard to sometimes do what I do right now. It's morning, and I am doing this now. One of my first Marvel shows, Marvel movies I've ever seen was Black Panther. I probably have seen Iron Man probably a long time ago. It came out in 2008. So I feel like I was forced to watch it, maybe. I probably went to sleep on it when I first saw it. But Black Panther was a big deal. Um, the first, it was very, very poignant of a movie. I think I had teary-eyed moments. Ooh, when I had a big crush on Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> I was like, ooh. Like, ooh. Um, your manga was cute, too. I'm not going to lie. I was like, mm. I might have to start positive this. But uh, the first Black Panther itself is a great standalone movie. And it is very funny because it has such a big connection to the Marvel lore. So the MCU has the thing where they make everything connect. Which I think is really beautiful. Especially when you want people to watch all these movies. It, to me, was a standalone movie because I didn't see no other movie before. And... One of the biggest things was watching it was very big for black people, for black, um, for the black community, for the black community, because this was the first time where it had only black people. Eh, one more, eh, look, one more, one white person. Yep. And that's all they did. <laughs> that's all they did. So, in theory, you watch this movie. And you feel proud about yourself. And like I said with three people, the young you was like, oh my God, they go me. And the older you were like, mm, I never knew there would be time, but I would be happy to be this age. And then the younger you, well, you, you, your real age, is seeing it. And Black Panther came out in 20, I think 2016, 2018, I think 2018. It came out early, so, like, I feel like I watched Black Panther at 28, and I promise you, I think I was just excited to see a movie like this. There were, it's funny because Blade is a part of the Marvel, is part of Marvel, but no one really sees him as that. He is an anti-hero that is just trying his best to save the world in his own way. To have someone that is a black hero for kids meant the world because as a child, I watched exclusively so many cartoon series. I've watched so many anime series now. And I still love seeing me. I love now seeing my curly hair. I love seeing parts of my my skin. I love seeing my skin tone. I, seeing, I love seeing darker skin tones. I love seeing all the shades that is what a, of a melanated person is supposed to be. And it makes you feel so amazing when you see it. It makes you feel so great when you see it. So Black Panther was the first cultural reset that no one knew we needed. And when we got it, and we showed them that we can do for them what we did for Tyler Perry. Make him a well-known man. And we can make you pop. So that's why Black Panther mattered to most people. They released the second one um, last week, the weekend before last. And... I was nervous to watch, but I watched. I went on a Friday. <laughs> I went on Friday morning. I went on Friday afternoon. After like, so I'm on my week two <laughs> of gym rat season. I call it gym rat season because I'm exclusively just mainly at the gym. And 
I didn't do my best. I just wasn't feeling it. I, I was not feeling it. And I was working out. And I stopped. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie. And I watched it. And I cried, like, multiple times. It is such a great movie. And I felt the cow within me and the old man within me both feel seen. And also love the fact that they were being seen by so many people. And felt cultured as well. It's a marvelous movie. It is funny because I now listen more and more watch it. Once you watch like a Marvel movie, you kind of now watch like the YouTube stuff too. Like if you're a person that loves like comic books and like really watch a lot of Marvel, yeah, it's different. <laughs> you don't need to. You just like let them be. Watching this series, watching this movie was something I needed more than I ever thought I did needed in my past. To see the beauty of it and how they allow people to just, you know, become more and more so great. It is a drama, but it's a it's an action movie. It is great. And it's I'm going to keep saying it's great. It's a it's a two to the fourth of a movie to watch. That should be they should be nominated for Oscars. There should be Oscar buzz around both of them, around multiple people in this movie because of the scene work they had to play. Um, but like I said once, say it again, I don't know. Movies like like action movies are funny for me because I have watched so many action movies, and mostly I want to see action movies now. It's hard to watch them because you've seen them do so much. It was so amazing to see that there was action, but like they had strong acting. Like, the places that Angela Bassett went, the cast is great, but when I say Angela Bassett was was, um, was basking in and the, the acting, it was amazing. I've been feeling so nostalgic with people lately because I think that's what we're doing. Now, more, more and more, as people are passing, um, Chad Puppin Bozeman has passed. He had died um 2020, and... He was one of the most horrific deaths of 2025, most people, because he was black people's first hope, and they released all the movies, he had died, and it was really sad because he had cancer, no one knew what he had, and people made fun of him because of his appearance, which makes me always feel weary to ever talk about someone's appearance. If you're not, I don't know, it's just not my thing. It's funny to have body positivity in the world as a body positivity fluffy. <laughs> and body positivity goes for the bigger people and the smallest of the people. It's funny because they like, Lizzo is the queen. I was like, she's one of the people. But also, like, there was a model of the two thousand of the early two thousand of the, of the late nineties. Oh, Kate Moss. Kate Moss was the first model that was naturally real thin, like very very thin. And you know the model industry loved it, and then they changed the scopes of how they made they make sizes, and they made sizes for like zero. They have now zero and double zero, down to is for women that are naturally naturally um skinny, and naturally are not. That they can't, they don't weigh that much, and some of them are doing extremes for that. But some people feel the same way about fluffy people in America. Even right now, the size twelve to size sixteen is normal for women. 
So I still never understand that you can't find your size at stores, especially when Middle America makes up most of the, most of America. And if you don't feel seen, you should stop making them the people the focal point of the magazine if they're not the if they're not, not the real size. That's my little TED talk about body positivity. And John Postman's death made me probably cry stronger than I've ever had before. And I told people I was watching a lot of Marvel around the time. And it was amazing to see. And that it was hard to watch. Anytime I saw Chad Bozeman, I probably teared up like crazy. And then this movie happened, and it is a love letter to Chadwick Bozeman as a person, as a leader. As what he did for all these little black boys, all these little POCs of color. Now, watching it, POCs of color will see themselves in two different people. And little girls, or little they-thems, or how they identify as, as children, will also see themselves in more people in this movie. <laughs> Let's take a break. This is a commercial for the week. So this is my schedule for the rest of the year. If you want to see me, come out to Marcicade, best thing was to Salem. Marcicade was to Salem on Mondays. If you want to see me perform at Brewer's Kettle, that's Brewer's Kettle's in Kernsville, if you are a local. And that's on Wednesdays, Brewer's Kettle on Wednesdays. And I will be at the Idiot Box on Thursdays. Every Thursday, I'll be at the Idiot Box. Wednesdays and Mondays. Those are different days. Mondays, Moscow Mondays is what we're calling it. That's what I'm calling it. If you follow me on social media, they'll see that there on Wisconsin, North Carolina. That's where I'm at. Kernsville, I will be at Beaver's Kettle every week. And lastly, once again, the Idiot Box in Greensboro, North Carolina. That's Greensboro, North Carolina. Look it up on Rembrandt. There's a lot of events. You do have to get your tickets. But that's cool. All right. Back with the show. Oh, we're back. <laughs> um, my voice is going to go in and out, so I am apologizing in advance. We're still talking nostalgia, and my favorite nostalgia moment is allowing yourself to go back to yourself. Allowing your inner child or the kid within in you to resurface those thought processes. Like, there's moments of your past we don't always, like, reface. We don't reface all the good and always all the bad. Because if you move from your same town, if you go to a bigger city, you don't always think about, like, all the wild summers you had with your cousins. Or, the co- like, that one summer where you got your first kiss. <laughs> and um the times where you get to spend time with like your elders I am big about spending of my going back to my times with my elders I have only one grandparent to live almost all of them are gone so for me I am in love with anyone that's older than me if you are a person that's in your 60s or 70s 80s I've probably been around you way too long. <laughs> and it's part of it because I saw those wrinkle lines. 
and I am shopping for grandparents. Right. Cause mine are gone. Um, not so much because they're gone. It's just I love wisdom. The older men within me states, talk to dead men, talk to dead women. They've been through things. Go talk to them. And I really, really love the past. I love hearing the stories of people from the 40s to 50s to 60s to 70s to 80s and their life experience. Not what was on the news, because what was on the news is only major moments. What is recorded for for history is only major moments, and they are not going to tell everyone the truth. There are movies that showcase that they are never going to always tell everyone the truth. And for me, as a person of color, as a child that is a person of color, I remiss all the moments that I don't get to see. Like, I don't get to have more stories for my granny, with my, my grandmothers and my grandfathers. Of like one of them was a he wasn't he was a veteran, so I will never get to hear of his stories of World War Two, and that is never remissed on me. And neither is the stories of my grandmother Eloise Brown telling us how she grew up, her children, and took care of so many children. She was alive a lot longer than my granny. My granny died when um, I was going on 10. So, Carrie Speaks is a thought process I go along with every now and then. I used to put her, um, Carrie Elizabeth. (laughs) Carrie Elizabeth Elaine Kennedy Brown Speaks is her full name. And when she got married and married again, it's a full name. It's the full terms of her name. Um and my um my my grandmother that my dad's mom and her name is Hallie oh Porter Hallie Porter Callens and all of those ladies every now and then I kind of search for sometimes because all of them were baked like they all of them cooked so I am learning how to cook a little bit because I'm a little bit into being domesticated. <laughs> I'm a little bit into learning how to have some Southern cuisine. And I really want to, like, change my ways for 33. So, nostalgia moments is different for everyone. Going down memory lane is a big one for people because they go down memory lane with folks. They go down lane with siblings. And talking about even mentioning their names, you got to say their names. I did not say um, Hazel Brown, which is my great-grandfather. I did not say Anthony Speaks. And I love my father, so I will. I forgot his dad's name. And I apologize to him. <laughs> but also... I remember how that funeral felt. Funerals are interesting. I've been to several. <laughs> Ooh, I've been to funerals. And every time it's a different thought process. My grandma, my grand, my great-grandmother died, I think, next to last. Of the last funerals I had with my family, um, the latest person died was a total difference. And... I think I made a lot of jokes because I was, like, nervous. And also, like, it was just, it's final, but it's not final. Watching Black Panther, the first one and the second one, it makes you remember that people have energies that are always around you. And 
I love that as a, as a thought process, but I always can't always feel that way because, like, for me personally, I believe that there's such a thing as a heaven. So, I've, as a moment, like, of, of, my, after, of my afterlife happening, I would rather be in heaven with them. And be like, all right, we energies. So we're gonna live forever. Okay. And so we gotta stay on heaven. We gotta stay on earth. Hmm. But they got global warming. And they got global cooling. We gotta stay here. Huh. Huh. Uh, can we just go to heaven now, please? I've done enough. I'm finally dying on like in my eighties and nineties, something different. Um exit the moments. Nostalgia is interesting for me because I think of them all the time. And I also think of school. School for me is interesting because as a 32-year-old, I'm two years away from literally, well, no. How did I go? I'm 32, so I'm six. Yeah, I'll be like 12 years ago was, nope, 14. 14 years ago is when I graduated (laughs) from high school. And it is never remissed on me that I am still him and I am not him at all. I am full of innocence still, but also I have life experiences and lived in experience and more lessons learned than I ever had before. Sometimes you think about like the teenager that existed and I was probably very straight laced. And big on romance. I love rom-coms then as well. And just thought anyone will do. I still wanted my... Well, I was a virgin for almost all my 20s. So that really didn't change anything for me. And I just wanted more and more experience in life. I wanted to see the world. I'm seeing more of the world now. And I'm like, I, I, I think seeing it younger would have ruined me more. Um, I would understand things then still. But not so much now. I have a more like diplomatic mind, and I'm more I'm not as carefree as I was then. I don't probably been taken. <laughs> but I went to I went I went to France. If I was going to go to France, like I was planning to go to France when I was eighteen, nineteen, I probably would have probably I would have found a way to stay. And I probably don't know where I would be, but I would be somewhere doing something interesting still. That's what you sometimes have to face as the as someone that looks at the, like if, when you have nostalgia and you look at like memory lane and realize that your past could have changed. As a moment, you realize there's different paths in every moment that you can take. The small moments matter more to me always. Like what I did this week mattered a lot more to me. But I know truly for you to listen to me every week, I can't keep giving you the same thought processes that I have every week. And I can't keep telling you, I had this type of week. Like, it is intriguing, but at the same time, if it's mostly working out and it's also doing stand-up, it's not going to be fun for you. I can tell you a fun new bit I have, but that won't work. Whereas, the retrospectional thought happens when you do nostalgia. And my biggest nostalgia for myself is watching old shows. I think of, like, <laughs> Nick at Night a lot. And I think of, um, not Toonami, Boomerang for, like, the kid within me. <laughs> I think I watched Flintstones, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo on, like, on, like, 
it was a lot. I've probably seen so much Scooby-Doo. And now they have Curse of Howard the Dog, I think, on Boomerang. They have, um... They have so many. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Pebbles. Okay, so... Let's see. They got Boo Boo. They have, yeah. <laughs> Gogi Bear. Gogi Bear was one of the biggest ones that I've always saw as a child. And it's so many shows of the past, of the 60s, the 70s, 80s, and of the 90s now that's on Boomerang. And um, I think I'm making light mostly because I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, it's amazing to see yesteryear as a child and not understand the like, significance of it. Because watching Taxi as a child was really big to me. And then in the 2000s, I probably watched so much like Cosby Show. Cosby Show was really good. And um, I watched Cosby Show. I watched The Nanny. I watched Different Strokes. I watched um, it's the show of J, um, Michael J. Fox. I tried that show. Sorry, that show. And that's really amazing to have nostalgia with like show shows because they made it to help grow you up and they also made it to exist oh also like different okay different strokes <laughs> going back um different strokes okay um the jeffersons was a big one and um moving on up <laughs> and good times i've probably seen good times several different versions and i still was like this is a sad this title doesn't make sense um yeah one of my biggest nostalgia moments for me as a child for like kid shows were probably my brother and me that i island yes and what made me up a lot was my brother garcia it was one of the first shows of his kind it was a show about nostalgia <laughs> it's like the Wonder Years. Yeah, my brother um, Garcia was the Wonder Years for Nickelodeon. They had four brothers, they had three brothers and a sister. And pretty much he is 35 to 40. And it talk about the past. But the funny part about it is that the past and the present doesn't make sense. So, they have three, four seasons, and they have a movie. And it is such a good movie. But the funny part about this thing is that they don't fully allow it to be what it is. So, like, doing a retrospect show now happens a lot. Like, they have another version of um, the Wonder Years of, like, this. I think the 60s. Of the 70s. And it's just as good as the first one. But the funny part about it is that like. On a major TV network. You can see like the budget is there. And you can see the, the clothing. And everything. Because when you're telling stories of the past. You have to like. Have a start. And then you have to button it up. You have to have the middle. You have to have the bridge. You know you have to do those things. I told y'all I'm trying my best to be a writer. So I naturally see that naturally now with the climax of the story, the A story, the B line story, the C story, if if, if need be, because there always can be a C. You know, a lot of sitcoms have those things. When you go back to watching shows like Living Single for most people with friends, a lot of people talk about The Office a lot with with me as well. So I'm going to start watching The Office eventually. Eventually. And you see how they wrote all everything out and as a person like me that's creative 
that wants to be part of a writer's room, that wants to like really, really, really make it in the world, you look at it and you see it, you see it, you see it, you see it, and you learn to understand why they made choices and why they do these things and how they made everything happen. <laughs> it's um part of my like 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 me now with my child within be like, Oh my god, now I understand and the old man was in was like, Mm, I had even he was gonna find it out, what if you think? So that's what happens a lot with me when with when it comes to shows. Movies are interesting because every movie is its own nostalgia. I am looking at um a list of movies that I can even pull from. I can't pull from any of these. Someone actually mentioned the mysterious skin. I won't talk about that. Um, there's the hours. I could talk about that. Um, Closer, which is a good movie. Um, American Violet and All Dolls Go to Heaven. That is my most nostalgic movie. Is All Dogs Go to Heaven. And a movie that can relate to nostalgia is the hours. I don't know. I can do both. All right. So, All Dolls of Heaven is a movie of the 80s. If you've ever seen it, it is really good. Burt Reynolds is in it. <laughs> and this girl calls him, um, his, her name is Marie. Marie! Her name is Marie. And, um, she has such a very phonetic words of how she says things. She's a promising scarlet of the movie, of the series, of of it, and he's a, he, you know, he finds his orphan, and they gamble. Oh, it's a very adult movie that kids watch. It's like, they need me, like it's dogs. Oh, they go to heaven. And <laughs> they do. I love it, I love it, I love it. And then there's the hours. And to speak of the hours, it is funny because it's, it's vignettes. It is fully vignettes. It is literally a movie that can tie everything together, but everything is its own proportions of the movie. So they have four versions. There is um, Virginia Woolf with Nicole Kidman. She has a process that knows, and then she won an Oscar for this movie. Then there is um, The Great. So that's part of her, and she's writing this book, and she's writing this book, she's writing this book, she's writing this book, and then they go from that, from when she wrote the book, Virginia Woolf, and don't forget, Aunt Virginia is a very big author, and she, her niece comes, and her two boys, and they watch, they watch this movie, and she makes a protagonist, I think I've been a niece, and at the end of the movie, she wanted, she, she does try to, this whole movie is... A lot of movie about signs, and it has so much like different parts. It has three different parts, so I think the hours has three separate parts. Meryl Streep is part of the latest times with Carl Danes as her daughter, and I forgot the guy's name. I'm just looking at the movie DVD, so I don't have it in my case. I don't have it in my hand, and I have my laptop open, so this is literally just like I looked, um, and. Meryl Streep's, I think, a lesbian in this movie. She fell in love with a with a woman, and she used to love a man. She fell in love with this guy, used to be a writer, and his mom is why he became a writer as well. And this is the early, I think, this is the 90s. 
Yes, this is the this is the nineties or two thousands, and he is getting a, a prize. He has, um, I think he has HIV, and yeah, yeah, he has, he's I think HIV or um, I think yeah. So his is really bad. So he has to take a cocktail of things, and he, I think, and she gives him food, perhaps his kitchen and everything. And then there's Julia Moore. Julia, <laughs> Ju- Julia Moore. I think, yeah, Juliet, yeah, Juliet Moore, and she's the woman of the fifties. She reads the, um, she's Italian, and she reads the book from Junior Wolf, and she. At one point in the movie, she keeps wanting to leave. All these women, a part of this story, is that they have these hours. And the hours itself is painful, but it's just true. Jane Wolf is someone that wants to keep making herself unalive. And the woman that Juliet Moore plays, the mother, she has a son. Her son is who is madly in love at one point with Meryl Streep when they were younger and they're best friends and they love each other. And now he painfully hates his mom. He writes a book about his mom. And in the story, he kill- his mom kills herself. Well, she unalives herself. And that's what Virginia Woolf does, I think. But in real life, the mom moves. She becomes a lot better. She has a child. She has another child. She does stay. The mom stays. This is the 1950s. And the whole movie is interesting because the acting within it helps you understand. But it all has its own retrospect of thoughts. And it gives you, like, a lot of fulfillment of what hours look like. I think the only movie I think compared the hours to is The Evening. There's several movies like the hours where everything can tie in easily. But that just happens throughout the course of movies, you know. I think of that sometimes when it comes to like people and things. We sometimes think of things as we naturally saw it, but we have but when we retell a story, it now has these new punches. Things like, oh, this happened. Oh, it then they did this, and then it's that. Oh, what happened was, and then bum bum bum. That's the end. <laughs> it's as if we know that we have to add a lot of creative licenses to things to make it fun. I think my favorite story of these things is that like there was this guy that um constructed my um my home. My my parents, I don't, my dad act, um, wanted to add an addition to our house, and his name was D. D, that's his name, D. And this happened in 2001, 2002. So I, have a, I do have a younger brother. I have a younger brother and a younger sister and my parents. So six people live in one home. How the home was naturally designed is not how they want it. They, my dad wanted an addition, and he got his addition. And the first person that was a contractor, his name was D. And I saw him as a child, and I was like, D, where the hell you been? And that's all I said. <laughs> and my mom chuckled, and I didn't get in trouble for it. But it's a thing that I think of every now and then, because that's the child me saying, huh, where you been? 
You know, you haven't done anything. My dad also sued him. I got like $20 once because my dad told me to put myself in dirt. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> All right, let's take one more break. All right, and we're back. <laughs> um, yeah, nostalgic moments. I think I think nostalgia is a really thing is a broad thing to ever go down. I could have done the reboot moments. <laughs> I could have done so much like little thoughts. It is very funny to have a broad um, category because naturally we're all nostalgic about something and we all remember so much and there's some things we never want to remember. <laughs> Do I have a big nostalgia thing? Yeah. Um, I could tell about the first one we performed. Yeah. So, it was December of 20, 2019. 2019, yeah, 2019. It was early December. It, we've done this class for a few weeks. We took a week off. Uh, we did a practice, I think, the week before. They told us to come back. Brought my friends. And I saw them be funny. I think I mentioned my friend. I brought my friend Darnell and Danielle, my mom and my sister and my brother were supposed to come, and they were at the wrong place. And my set itself was interesting because it is a um, it's a set you have for five weeks and you keep saying your set. It's best to do it at open mics to help people out. And I got a lot of laughs, and my cousin laughed. And then afterwards, J.D. Efferich went and saw me and saw me out. I was like, hey, you're funny. Keep coming. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, you're a murderer. And, like, the reason why I left early wasn't on purpose. I had to go back to Winston, and it was my at least eight times at the idiot box. And when you don't know, you know, where your way around in Greensboro, and the car I drove was um, my Jeep at the moment. I call it, um, <laughs> white savior <laughs> what a what a nostalgic of things my biggest nostalgia for myself is thinking of the cars I used to have my um first car I called was my blue heaven from taking back Sunday and it was a Oldsmobile and then I had midnight what was a Ford I think I don't really call a vehicle car for myself I had a lot of cars that were kind of just maybe mine but mm, no. So, I have a vehicle at the moment that is now mine. And I forgot the name for it for the longest. I'm going to call it a car for me. <laughs> it's my car for me. <laughs> and that's what I'm calling it at the moment. The last car I had was a car that I really loved. was a Kia. It was a white Kia sedan. It was a 2016. And I can talk about it now because it's nostalgic. Because this happened two or three weeks ago. A deer ran over me. And I took it to a place so it can get worked on. And they were like, <laughs> too much money. And so we did a, um, they, they did a thing. So I don't, the car is no more. And the funny part about it is that when I got the car, I was, I just got vaccinated. <laughs> um, I got, I got vaccinated that that Friday. I got vaccinated that Friday. And I was going to get myself to the location 
the rest of that week. So that was um a weekend was my birthday. So I bought the car April 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 fifth, twenty twenty one. I was getting this car. <laughs> and it was a car that was supposed to be here for the next five to six years. I took care of it mainly. I, it had some things that needed to work on, actually. It really did, actually. I don't want to lie to nobody. But the car saw me with my first years of comedy. My first show. Nope, mine. My second year of comedy. That car was with me. And for my second into my third year of comedy, because my third year is coming up next month, it was here for all of that. It's amazing to have a car that long. And also, it's amazing for me. Because like when I first got it, I didn't tell people how old that car was. I told people it was in 2005. <laughs> That's how my old car was. My Jeep. I still have my Jeep. My Jeep is outside. Um, Yeah. My, <laughs> my savior. My, my savior is outside. Uh, the funny part about like having cars is that they all give you different memories. Like, I still... Really miss my old Oldsmobile uh, from time to time, and the thing I reason why I, remember, I love it most is because it's the freedom of it all. It's um taking world in my windows. It the radio kind of worked. I had put boom. I had the um the little pills, the little like speakers. <laughs> Those are my own music instead, and that's when I time I had my Zoom, Z U M E N E. I didn't choose to have a. I, I had an iPod too as well. I had a I, I, I yeah iPod, iPad no iPod then as well. But I, I chose to have like Zoom because you can like add your own music and everything. It's, it was just more smarter. To, it was just better to get that. And I'm big on music. It's nothing like having that, and it's really nostalgic for people because I I wanted to make sure I can make sure like have you all understand like. To size it up as your own thought process too. I want you to do that for yourself this week as well. Let's try. Um, it sounds just funny that I'm making this today because I know tomorrow and this week is Thanksgiving and I'm dating this episode because it's at it's dating. But your family is going to have nostalgic. Don't get real nostalgic with you when it comes to you as a child. You when you first met your person. You now, and it is the sweetest things to go down memory lane, and it's the hardest things to go down memory lane. I implore you to always be present within the moment, and also allow people to have that memory with you, because it's their memory as well. I have memories of my dad. I have memories of my mom. I have memories of my siblings, and I have now created memories of each of my niece my my niece and all of my nephews. I can tell you times of when they made me chuckle when I just said, mm look at you and they just smile from ear to ear. Don't know why I'm looking at them saying, mm like shaking my head hard and they are just living. I'm probably the proudest I am now to be an uncle. Than I ever have been. I was really excited to be an uncle at 19. My cousin, um, Monica, was the first of my cousins to have a baby. And her um, her first child was born when I was 12. 
and I loved spending time with her with her child. Yes, and yeah, I'm keep saying child. I'm sorry. I don't know their pronouns, and that's the thing. Anyone that's like, why don't you? Not because it's the thing. And it is amazing to see her children grow up. She has three now. And the child now is an adult. <laughs> 21. That's how, like, is there, like, yeah. They're like 11 years younger than me. And it is amazing. It's scary, but it's amazing. I even think about my little brother and my sister as my nostalgia sometimes. My older brother, too. While my siblings. To know that my brother, my little brother, had, like, no front teeth for, like, I think two to three years. <laughs> and my youngest brother, yes, that happened. And uh, to see um, my nieces, my niece, my nephews all have my brother's low-key big gap teeth. And they don't have gap teeth. They have big pointed first two teeth, like the Bugs Bunny effect. They have that for a while, and then all the other teeth just, like, shape up how the same thing. It's a weird thing to notice, but it's a thing I notice all the time. <laughs> I should have put this as part of my nostalgia a long time ago. But memories with them are so precious, you know? And that's why I implore you to allow us as adults, and especially, if, you know, you're going home. Or whenever you choose to be home with your parents or your siblings or your family, your bloodline, and your chosen family as well. Allow them to embarrass you. Allow them to make you feel pink in the face. Man, allow them to do these things because it is very precious, but it's also very earnest that they mean well when they say they say say what they say. I love my family a lot more. I love my comedy family. Probably more. But I love them equally. Okay, I love my comedy family more. But end of the day, I love them all. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> now I'm going to Good Burger. <laughs> I love orange soda. Yes, I do. I do, I do, I do. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, share this video, share this link, share this out. This is not a video. Share this podcast out. I hope you feel nostalgic. I hope you feel seen. I hope you feel heard. I hope you get your nostalgic taken. Tell me what you are nostalgic about. Whether it's a TV show, a movie, anything. Tell me your plans for this week, for this year, for the end of the year. That's for next year. That's probably going to be the next episode for me. Telling you my thoughts for Christmas. <laughs> um, first and foremost, thank y'all so much. You can follow me everywhere. It's uh, everywhere as Jermaine Calando. That's J-E-R-M-I-E. Calando, C-A-L-A-N-D-O. <laughs> and so TikTok, which is the Jermaine Experience. That is the T-H-E. <laughs> I'm extra. Jermaine, J-E-R-M-E, and experience. I am so excited for y'all. I'm excited for the future. And I'm excited for new things. I have a new game system that I'm playing. So I'm doing all those things. This is a fun week. And I hope that you have fun this week. Okay. I think that's it. Bye.